0: Galatians chapter six and verse number nine. Amen. So thankful for what God is doing. It's just one very simple verse, and it says, "Let us not be weary in well doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not." Amen. In due season, look at your neighbor and tell him, "Say, in due season." Amen. It's our turn now. Due season is upon us. Lord Jesus, thank You for Your Word. Thank You, God, for what You've already done in our lives. And God, we feel Your presence in this place. We want You, God, to move in a special way. Draw us closer to You. And God, help us to see, Lord, that this is our season. This is our time. And God, we're excited about what You're going to do in our lives. And God, we want to give You all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. 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 You may be seated. The Battle of Waterloo, which was fought on June the 18th, 1815, was Napoleon Bonaparte's last battle. His defeat put a final end to his rule as the emperor of the French. After Napoleon returned from exile and was restored to power, many states, which had previously resisted his rule, formed the Seventh Coalition and began to mobilize armies to oppose him. The first two armies to assemble close to the French northeastern border were a German army under the command of Gebhard von Blücher. I think I said that right. I tried. Bl- what? B-L-U B- with two dots over it. C-H-E-R. Blücher. That's what we're going with. You can say boy in Boss. <laughs> and... It was an English allied army under the command of the Duke of Wellington. So Napoleon chose to attack them in the hope of destroying both of these two armies before they, with the other members of the Seventh Coalition, could join in a coordinated invasion of France. The campaign it, it, uh, consisted of four major battles, and with Waterloo. Uh, This was the the decisive, it was proved to be the decisive battle. And it's reported that at the close of the Battle of Waterloo, the English people were anxiously awaiting the news of the result and their only means of communication was a system of signal lights flashed across the English Channel. But the fog became so dense that only a part of the message was made out. It read, Wellington defeated. Gloom settled upon the English, but imagine their joy when the fog lifted and they received the whole message Wellington defeated the enemy. Amen. That'll preach, won't it? Amen. You sometimes have to realize that history and scripture are filled with stories like that. At first glance, it seems that the story spells out defeat, but in the end, Amen. It proclaims the fact that the victory has arisen and the ashes from the ashes of despair that the victory has been won. And I I would challenge you to remember with me today, if you will, those three Hebrew children that refused to bow to Nebuchadnezzar's golden idol. And from that time, the royal guard took them into custody until the moment that they were tossed. Into the fiery furnace, it seems certain that they had been defeated. Even their own response to the king indicates the fact that while they trusted in God, they were not entirely certain about their future. (laughs) Daniel chapter 3 and verses 17 it says, Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. And it would be great if we could just stop right there. But then they go on. And I don't know if you feel like this, but I've felt like this before. I know God can do it. I just don't know if He wants to do it for me. And so they said in verse 18, but if not, be it known unto thee, O King, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And I'm sure that if they could have, those young men would have preferred not to go even into the fiery furnace. I think that would have been their choice. I mean, I know that would have been my choice. Let's just stay out of the furnace altogether, if possible. But I am equally sure that the moments before that they were cast into this, that they were filled with some apprehension and a little bit of uncertainty. That even as they were supported by their firm faith in God, they didn't know exactly what God was going to do. But I want to tell you that after the fiery furnace, after hell had taken its best shot, the children of God emerge victorious and they had a testimony. There was a fourth man in the fire and hell had to take a back seat to the testimony of the righteous. Amen. Amen. And so the king and all of his advisers and the people who were influential in the kingdom, they gathered around those three men, and they marveled at the fact that their hair was not even singed, and there was no smell of smoke on their clothes. And where, oh where, was that fourth man that was in the fire with you? Daniel doesn't record any statement from the three Hebrews, but I can just imagine the renewed confidence in their voice as they began to proclaim again the goodness of their God. And they began to say, you thought you could burn us up, but our God was with us. Amen? Amen. All fear was gone from their voices and all apprehension faded away as they faced their world with the knowledge that hell had tried to beat them and failed. Amen? The devil had tried to silence them and he couldn't. And I would say that it's our turn now, church. This is our season. This is our time. And we've got to get a made up mind. Hallelujah. That God, the God that we serve, is able to deliver us. Amen. In this passage that we read, just a few verses, defeat turns into victory and then a national revival breaks out. And We, we read about another young man named Daniel who was faithful to God and he was faithful in his praying. And, and hell couldn't stand his faithfulness. When you start doing the right thing and you start living for God and you, you, you get, man, I'm going to give God everything I've got. I'm not going to hold anything back. Do you know what's going to happen? Hell will take notice. Right. Amen. And and everything we, we used to say, oh, hell will break loose in your life. That's what's gonna happen some days. Sometimes you're going to think, God, I'm gonna give you everything, and then you wake up Monday morning and this happens and that happens, and you're like, oh my goodness, what 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 did I do? Amen. You surrendered to God. You made a decision that you were going to go forward. And hell can't stand your faithfulness. Hell will do whatever it can to destroy you, to destroy, amen, your relationships, your marriage and your family. And and in this diabolical plot that's conceived within the heart of hell, amen, these men come after Daniel. And this righteous man, because of his faithfulness, is dragged before the king and he's cast into a den of hungry lions. That was the best that hell could come up with. Hell thought, well, if we just get him in there, we don't even have to kill him. The lions will do the work for us. Amen. The devil took his best shot. The devil did everything that he could. He said, I can't stand that faithful Daniel. I can't stand his faithfulness and his praying to God and his dependency upon God. I'm going to show everybody what happens to those kind of people. And you and I, we faced some lions of our own. We faced some of our own hell's best shots in our life. And that evening when the king sealed the door to the den of the lions, it seemed that Daniel's prayers had been silenced and that defeat was imminent. But the next morning when the king uh, came anxiously to find the fate of Daniel, instead of agony, uh, he, was de- he was greeted not with defeat, but he was greeted with a proclamation of victory. Yeah. They brought him up out of the lion's den. and The Bible says that they inspected him. Uh-huh. They looked him over. Wait a second. You didn't even get bit. <laughs> I mean, you were in there all night. Those lions are hungry, they haven't eaten in days, and they couldn't find any marks on him, and so they bring him up out of the lion's That No hurt was found upon him, and all of a sudden, hell had to take a back seat to the testimony of the righteous. Hell had to recognize that even in the den of lions, amen, that Daniel was protected and Daniel was taken care of by the God that he was faithful to. And as Daniel proclaimed the identity of the one true God, a situation that one, looked like defeat blossomed into a great victory and a national revival broke out. Do you notice a pattern here? Yes. Oh. yes. In the past year, I have seen some serious attacks come upon this church and upon the people of God. And I've watched as hell has tried to sidetrack some of you and derail the people of God. And I have watched as many of you have struggled with troubles and trials. And even those of you that are not here, but you're watching online today, I've wept with you in times of sorrow, and I've sympathized with you in what seemed to be defeat. But I came today to make a declaration to hell. You had your turn. You've had your turn. You you took your best shot, and the church is still here. We've had our trials. We've had our struggles. But the church is still here. Come on. We've seen some fall away from the faith. We've encountered sickness and despair. Financial setbacks all around. Hurting people and messed up families. But we're still here. I wish somebody give God some praise. You're still here. That God that you're faithful to, He's never going to leave you. Come on, somebody. Just shout out your praise. God, I praise you. I thank you, God. You never let me down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Devil, you thought you could keep us down. You thought you could demoralize us, but we're still victorious. We're still overcoming. There's nothing that can stop our God. Hallelujah. God, we praise You today. We give You the glory. Hallelujah. Amen. I was reading again uh, this story, and many of you probably heard this. It's It's not new by any stretch of the imagination, but the story about Winston Churchill giving the commencement address... And after enduring a very lengthy introduction for him, Churchill is reported to have risen from his seat, strides to the podium, stares fixedly at his audience of new graduates and he says three words. He says, never give up. That's it. He pronounced never give up and then he turned and he walked back to the chair and he sat down. And suddenly these students, uh, they didn't know what to think. They were kind of uh, taken back. So he rose again and he walked back to the podium and he said, Never give up. Now they were terrified that they might respond improperly and so the audience never uttered a squeak as their speaker once again returned to the podium and sure enough, Churchill returned to the podium again and five times each time delivering the same single-minded message, never give up. At last, feeling he had exhausted his audience and driven home his point, Churchill himself did give up and he returned to the podium no more. But you can be sure that every graduate in that audience never forget, forgot the speech that he gave and that they were never to give up. Amen. You and I, we could learn a lot from those three words. Amen. Because the devil's going to beat you sometimes. Sometimes you're going to lose the battle. Sometimes you're going to slip up. Sometimes you're going to make a mistake. Sometimes you're going to commit a sin. There are going to be times where things don't always go as you had planned them to go, but never give up. You've got to realize in due season you will reap if you faint not. You've got to realize that God is on your side. And it doesn't matter what hell throws against you, you've got the power on the inside to come against every darkness, every evil. Come on somebody, every demon of hell they don't stand a chance compared to the God that stands inside of us. Greater is He that is in us than he that is in this world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. In Egypt, the Israeli army numbered six hundred and three thousand. The army of Ramesses would have been uh, ramesses the Second would have been twenty nine thousand foot soldiers, six thousand charioteers and horsemen riding one thousand chariots. Now, do you do you see the discrepancy? If you add those numbers up, you only have thirty five thousand with or with one thousand chariots. 603,000 of the Israeli army they were demoralized They could have easily won the battle. They could have easily begun to fight right there where they were, but Pharaoh had demoralized them. The boneyard of Ezekiel made of slaughtered soldiers that had been used to demoralize God's people, and God said Ezekiel prophesied to the bones. Why? Because there's something about due season. You've got to understand hell thought that it would steal your victory in 2019. Hell thought that it would take you out and that you wouldn't be here by now, but you're still here. Your enemy was certain that by now you'd be somewhere else doing something else, and so he gathered all of his forces and he tried to hit you with his best shot, and he was certain he'd knock you out of the fight long before now. Right. Come on, come on. And perhaps at first glance it looked as if you had been defeated. Maybe you, you missed a few Sundays and a few things went wrong and, and it seemed like you wouldn't get back up and maybe it was a sickness that took you out. Maybe it was some, uh, some unfaithfulness to God that took you out and you, you just kind of fell away for a little bit. And, and maybe it seemed like the fog of your circumstance caused it to, uh, to appear that defeat was imminent. But we're here. Amen. We're here, amen, on one of the final Sundays of 2019. And and we're still here. We're still moving forward. Amen. 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 Seven years ago when we were about to start this church, there were other churches that were going to be started. Not one is in existence today. And I'm not saying that to be braggadocious in any way, shape, or form. I'm just telling you, just never give up. Amen. God is going to establish His church. God is going to make a way. Amen. If you'll just never give up, if you won't let the devil knock you out and keep you out of the fight, just keep moving forward. Amen. You're going to grow weary, but don't grow weary, amen, in well-doing. Amen. I want to encourage you. The storm will arise, but don't be so weary in the storm because I've got good news in the storm. If hell could kill you, he would have already killed you. Amen. If, if he could defeat you, you would have been beaten a long time ago. The only way that hell can beat you is if you grow weary and you quit. If you keep coming, if you keep praying, if you keep seeking after God, if you keep going, a baby, step forward every time you can. Amen. Don't quit. Don't ever give up. And you keep moving forward. Amen. I want to just join my voice with Paul's to admonish you today. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Amen. I firmly believe this is our year. I firmly believe this is our season. And if we faint not, we're about to see the mighty hand of God at work. I think we're going to see things like never before. Amen. I speak over this church. God's going to bless it like never before. Souls are going to come in like never before. This is our season. This is new season. Come on, I wish some of you would just stand to your feet and send a message to hell and say, it's our turn now. Hell, you had your turn. You took your shot, but it's high time for us to step forth, amen, from the ashes and make the declaration that we are still here. We are the church. We are victorious. This is our season. This is our time for revival. This is the time when the sons and daughters are coming home. This is the time when the power and the demonstration of God's Spirit will be evident in the house of God. We're coming out of financial turmoil. Our families are going to experience complete healing. This is our season. This is our day. Come on, somebody say it. It's my season. It's my day. It's new season. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, we've come through a lot. We've endured a lot, but we've emerged through the storm and we're still here. I want you to hear me. Amen. When I started, when we started this transition, become with the new pastor that's coming in, Amen. I, I felt like God. I don't. I didn't know why it, the timing was the timing, Amen. Until I was preparing this week, and and, and I felt God's anointing on me, and, and I said, Man, God, we've really pushed hard. We we tried to see this church grow. We want to see the, the best for it, and I believe that the best is yet to come. And and then I remembered the Old Testament uh, principle of the year of jubilee, and I I realized that guess what? This church is getting ready to go into its seventh year. And I said, God, Lord, this has got to be the year of Jubilee. This is going to be the day of the harvest. This is going to be the time. And God, I believe that you're going to do greater things than we've even seen. Lord, we've sown the seed. We've watered the ground. We've been faithful. And God, I believe that the rain is coming. I believe that the harvest is going to come. And I see jubilee happen in this church in this year, in this season. Hallelujah. I believe it's going to happen. I believe that with everything inside me, I know that God's got greater plans than what you and I can imagine. Amen. Stand to your feet. I'm finished. This is our finest hour. This is going to be the greatest time for this church. Amen. You can't even imagine what God wants to do. I want to echo it one more time with the Apostle Paul. Don't give up. Amen. Your victory is at hand. Don't give up. Your prayer is going to be answered. Don't give up. Somebody's watching your life. Don't give up. It's due season. And we shall reap if we don't faint. Don't give up. Don't give up. It's our turn now. Lord Jesus, God, in this place, there are those who've come through the struggle. They've come through the trials. God, there's been so many things that they've had to endure they've had to come through. God, I'm speaking right now, Lord, not just into their life, but into this church and into this community. God, I'm speaking into the lives of those God that are listening and watching today online. I pray, God, right now that you would give them the determination to never give up. God, that they would keep moving forward, that they would be everything that you have for them to be. Help them, God, to realize it's due season and we're to reap if we don't think it's due season god it's not time for us to get tired and go to the sidelines now it's time for us to press on it's time for us to move forward and god with your help we will we will god we will hallelujah thank you jesus Amen. I don't know if you want to come to the altar today, if you want to stay where you are, but I wonder if you just get a determined mind, just get a made-up mind right now. I'm not going to give up. Amen. I'm not going to turn back. I'm going to keep praying for that unsaved loved one. I'm going to keep reaching for that person who's lost. I'm going to keep doing everything in my power. Amen. To see what God wants to do through my life. Amen. This altar's open. You're welcome to come. Hallelujah, Jesus.